Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the One Piece of Mind podcast. My name is Nico White. I am the host of the One Piece of Mind podcast. And now let's jump into One Piece of My Mind with chapter 1020 of the second greatest selling manga series. Not manga. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I think I read that wrong. <clears throat> the best selling. Oh, wait. No, I read it wrong again. Here we go. The second best selling comic book series ever, ever behind only Superman. And that's with a big asterisk for now. Ladies and gentlemen, Inchira Oda's magnum opus, the one and only One Piece. So first of all, I want to say happy 24th birthday to One Piece, the franchise. Congratulations to Cheerio Oda for making something that's probably one of the greatest works in fiction dedicated to its, that's dedicated to its format, you know what I'm saying? And what it means to write with the, I think it's the hero's journey, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's a style of writing that Oda's really using for Luffy. And I think he's done an amazing job being able to captivate the world for this long and this consecutively without dropping in quality of work all these years later with age and with life and with everything that goes into the human condition that he probably has to deal with, like we all have to deal with. He's been able to turn out fire, 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 fire all for you. So let's all take 24 seconds to appreciate One Piece starting now. That's 24 seconds, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of One Piece, grab whatever beverage is closest to you or whatever hand that you use to write with, raising the celebration, come by. Cheers. Shout out to One Piece. That was just water. So let's jump into chapter 1020, ladies and gentlemen. Spoiler alert, if you are a anime only, you are not caught up with the manga, then ladies and gentlemen, please get caught up. Otherwise, spoiler alert for you. If you don't want to get spoiled, let's jump into it. It was chapter 1020, and the title of that chapter was Robin versus Black Maria. And I didn't mention this in the last episode, but I definitely did notice the um, cover page. First of all, shout out to Oda for drawing something amazing with the 1019 cover art. We had Luffy dressed in the space outfit saying, you know, everything is coming up next or whatever. Uh, I, I'm not really big in the space exploration all that. I'm with it, and but yeah, I thought that was dope. The Where's Waldo spread that Oda drew, I thought that was great. Of course, I found Waldo. I hope y'all did too. No spoilers on where he's at. If you found him, hit me up on Instagram at NicoWhite93 to let me know. So now, we go into the cover page, and the cover page is just funny, right? Because it's <laughs> Denjiro dreaming of eating a giant shrimp to pour while in reality nibbling on his hair. Because, you know, he has the pompadour and whatnot, right? So we jump into the chapter, and the chapter is Robin versus Black Maria, so already fire. But then we get a quick swerve because Oda goes into something else. He goes into the reveal of Yamato's devil fruit. So we start off actually in Oginashima's um, skull dome, and it says a domestic dispute, the Makami, dog-dog fruit, right? It's an incredibly valuable mythical zone. So come to find out that 
Yamato is actually a mythical, a mythical wolf. Okay, that's what she is supposed to represent, and this isn't just any mythical wolf. The Nakami is Wano's guardian deity, and now Kaido is making it seem that it's Yamato's job to protect Wano for him, and in protecting Wano for him, I think he says Wano needs to stay a weapons factory. Now, I just want to cut in right here and throw in some um, head cannons, right? I didn't do it a lot last episode, but one thing about this that I find intriguing is that Kaido wants Wano to stay a weapons factory. What if Kaido has the right information, but he has the wrong skew? What if Wano is supposed to indeed be a weapons factory, but not in the way that Kaido's trying to make it? What if, if it's supposed to be a weapons factory with weapons being made in a much more positive way, fighting a much more distinct enemy as, a far, as opposed to Kaido, who just wants to destroy the world completely? like can see anarchy and oblivion, somebody that actually has a quote-unquote real righteous cause based on the morality that we've been shown in One Piece based off Luffy and the Straw Hat Pirates. Somebody that has something that's more pure to offer to the world, fighting something that's more unjust than Kaido, who just wants to fight anybody and topple the power and start the greatest war. There's no righteousness in that. So... That's just my little um, opinion. I think Kaido has the right idea, but the wrong execution. But we'll see. And something else that I thought was cool was um, when Kaido and Yamato were going at it, right? There's a moment when Yamato uses this attack called Divine Glacial Fang. Kind of like Garurumon uh, from Digimon, if you used to watch that. And when she uses the attack, she sees like a quick flashback of Odin. I don't know if that was her or Kaido that was seeing the flashback of Odin when Odin was saying open the country. But Yamato shot her ice blast and Kaido shot his Boro breath and it meets in the middle and it kind of looks like a yin and yang sign. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I thought it was fun. And Kaido's kind of disregard for his daughter, like, yo, don't push your luck. You're kind of going crazy. You can't beat me, right? So now we cut back to the Great Banquet Hall, and we see a little bit of foul play because it seems like Robin is under some sort of control because she's running over to where Nico Ovalia, Saul, Jaguar D, and Professor Clover. Obvious, obvious ploys, right? And they're all doing the whole thing of, oh, come closer, Robin, it's us, blah, 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 we've been waiting so long to see you. First of all, dirty trick to use somebody's dead ones against them. You know what I mean? Anybody that grew up like a troll or somebody that was into snapping on their friends when they were in school, you always knew the kid that was willing to go that far. And look, I can't lie to y'all, I'm not perfect. I've made my mistakes. When I was younger, I would be the kid that would go that far because I was insecure about having a gap in my teeth. And, and amongst other things, so... If you went to go with me, I wanted to get you back so quick that you would be paralyzed and kind of like stop going at me, right? Well, there's kind of a similar tactic being used here. Whoever's Black Maria's people are seem to have conjured up some sort of illusion with Robin seeing her most beloved loved ones from her past. And Jaguar D saw Professor Clover and her mother, Nico Ovia. And we hear Brooke pleading with Robin, like, Robin, stay away from there. Don't get any closer, blah, blah, blah. And... Of course, Robin wasn't phased at all. She was just playing the game like, yo, if y'all want to do this, we can do this. But this really don't affect me. And she used this new attack, Tres Mano, um, Fressa. I don't know what what it really is. But she took three hands out of the ground and they're giant. And she just palm 
all three of these. Bah, bah, bah. You know what I'm saying? Got rid of them quick. Got rid of Narana, the hognose snake smile eater. She got rid of one of the numbers in Kanya. And then she got rid of the rat smile eater, Tenjo Kudari. I believe that's her name. And right after they, right after Robin dispatches of the father, well, not father, I'm not gonna call him father, but Black Maria's subordinates, her and Brooke get on the run. And I was proud of Robin for being able to keep up with Brooke. That's definitely a speed feat, considering how quick Brooke is on his feet. And Black Maria's subordinates are like, oh, they got away, blah, blah, blah. And Black Maria goes on the attack. And I keep forgetting how giant this thing is, okay? Black Maria is gorgeously huge with the weirdest looking bottom half of any creature I've ever seen in anything ever drawn on any paper that I've ever laid eyes on in my entire life anywhere. So that was a dope run on sense. Anyway, when Robin and Brooke, and again, the Straw Hats are kind of like, the Straw Hats are beating the shit out of the Flying Six, right? And personally, I think it's appropriate. I really do think that the Straw Hat Pirates, even outside Monster Trio, are truly, truly elite and that we are all kind of sleeping on them. So amongst while they're running from Black Maria, Brooke and Robin are talking to each other. And Robin's like, hey, Brooke, I noticed that you weren't affected by the Miss Eater. And Brooke's like, yeah, well, you know, being in the Florian Triangle for as long as I was, I'm used to seeing illusions, trying to forget that my best friends died right in front of me and all that stuff, you know? So... As they're commiserating, Black Maria swings that weird weapon of hers that we come to find out is the why you do, the eater of the pug smile, right? And Brooke notices all that, right? As it notices that Black Maria is making fun of them because Black Maria is saying like, yo, you know, you people are really out of your mind. You say illusions don't work on you. Well, you're definitely dreaming. So dreams work on you, don't they? After all, you're deluded enough to think you can win against Kaido, right? So she goes to attack. Robin uses spider net to jump into the ground, latch on to something while she's holding Brooke. And Robin shows some quick compassion for everything when she tells Black Maria, hey, yo, if you keep this up, you're going to destroy the whole castle. And of course, Black Maria being a lowlife is just like, oh, what? You care about all of the people in here? That's rich. Just give yourself up. And... She goes in to go for another attack. And we know some we know something about Brooke is Brooke is always clutch. Brooke is always gonna be one of the most clutch characters when given the chance to shine. And here again, Brooke is shining. I'm talking about shining. Shining like my watch. Don't don't worry about that. But man is shining. Because Brooke turns into his soul while having Robin still holding while he's in the air. You know Brooke weighs nothing. He uses this attack called Cold Soul, and it completely freezes the pug smile leader that was providing the fire for uh, Black Maria's weapon. After that, we get this great drawn sequence of Robin and Brooke falling to the ground with a fire that Black Maria said is. And Black Maria's talking shit, telling Robin, like, yo, you must realize that your friends don't care about you. We get the sick panel of Brooke going in with Soul Parade, Iceberg, getting rid of all of the fire. And then we get this. We get Robin facing Black Maria. And Brooke is like, you know what, Robin? I'll leave Black Maria to you. I'm going to take care of these other miscreants, even though I'm afraid of ghosts. Yo, I hope Brooke gets a good fight, and I hope these people are actually powerful enough to where it gives our homies some shine. Or I hope Brooke beats them. I hope Brooke beats them. And then I hope Brooke somehow ends up fighting Jack and putting his sword through Jack's chest. But 
we see Black Maria and Robin facing each other, and Black Maria is making fun of Sanji, calling him the laughingstock of Ogi Mishima, and saying that with Sanji being the second highest in the Straw Hat crew, that says a lot about him. And to, in response to that, we get this great Brooke reaction. Remember what Brooke said about Sanji in the last in the last um, arc, by the way, what he said about Sanji and Whole Cake Island. And also keep in, keep in mind that after he said that, when he was fighting Big Mom at the time, he got kidnapped a little while after. So who knows? After Robin wins this, she might get kidnapped after, especially if someone strong shows up and incapacitates Brooke. But we'll see. That's that canon for later. But Robin tells Black Maria that she shouldn't understand why Sanji did what he did, right? And I love this panel when she asks, when Black Maria asks Robin if she struck a nerve and she was assaulting Sanji, and Robin says, not at all. You know what I'm saying? You'll never understand just how much it means for him to rely on me. He's one of the wings that allow the Pirate King to soar. Fam, that joint hit me right in the wholesome area of my heart. Absolute flames. For anybody that ever thought anything was the signs, you were crazy. There is no such thing as replacing the Monster Trio. The Monster Trio is Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji. Period. Period. Luffy already told y'all, I can't become Pirate King without Sanji. So, you already knew what that was. And, you know, Luffy's third commander, the boy Usopp. But that's, you know, I did that last episode. But then Robin goes into this amazing new move, Gigante Floor. We don't get a name, but it basically looks like it's Robin sprouting another version of herself on some thousand arm shit. And if that's what we get, like if she's going to pull out like the Hashirama technique, I'm with it, fam. And then we cut back out of all of that to Takagi Court, which was a little disappointing. It kind of makes what was going to be a 10 out of 10 chapter. A 9 out of 10 for me. But we cut to the Tokage port. And it's Luffy complaining about how he needs more meat. And they're like, yo, you already ate everything that we had on board, bro. There's no way we're going to find food while we're out here in the middle of effing nowhere. Right? So we get Momo and Luffy. They've reunited. Momo and Shinobu got away from Kaido on Shinobu's kite. Shout out to Shinobu for doing her job to the utmost efficiency this whole arc. And... Her durability is great, too, because I remember she got stabbed with a whole sword on her back. She's still walking. Old girl crazy. So Luffy and Momo are speaking, and Momo is crying because he just saw, as far as he knew, Kiku and Kingmon get killed, right? And to see Momo try to hold it all together when Luffy reminded him, like, yo, you're the general, so you got to keep it together, we see something very interesting. We see Caribou off to the side, and I don't know what this is going to entail, so I'm not even going to try to guess I hope Caribou is on their side, but again, the fact that Caribou can hide anything in that swamp and the fact that San Juan Wolf was already dressed up as a prisoner and the fact that Caribou was in prison and we don't know where San Juan Wolf is, but San Juan Wolf was in the cover spread with Wiz Waldo, I don't know, family. There might be something there. They might not be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that Luffy looks at Momo and says, Momo, you're going to take me up there to finish this battle against Kaido Humans. And he says to Momo, you're going to transform into a dragon and fly. Let me tell y'all something. This entire chapter for me was basically fan service. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I love Robin's character. I appreciate the fact that she's so happy to fight the way that she's fighting. I appreciate the Sanji buildup because I feel like we're going to get payoff after payoff after payoff for why Whole Cake Island was so long. I feel like Oda's going to hit every single callback. He's going to make us feel it before he does. But I think we're all in good hands. 
I also think that there might be a chance that Robin could get kidnapped. But y'all keep your eyes open for that. With that being said, I believe we are approaching. We're already past the 15-minute mark, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to waste your time. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the One Peace of Mind podcast. I am your host, Nico White. Please make sure you listen to the other podcasts on Paper House Network. My particular favorite one is the Commissioner of Comedy Podcast. But also make sure y'all check out every podcast on this channel at least once. Tell them I sent you. Follow everybody's ad. We have a barbecue sauce ad that I can't remember offhand. But bada bing, bada boom, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Thank you all very much. My name is Nico White. Follow me on Instagram at NicoWhite93. That's at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3. I have a special on YouTube called Dark Out. Dark out d-a-r-k-o-u-t you can find that on youtube i have a comedy album called marcellus m-a-r-s-c-e-l-l-u-s and an old special called introducing me go find that my name is Nico white thank you goodbye oh and by the way this is just a preview i'm planning to talk about and react to o'hara's video about the ending of One Piece, a theory that he got from a Japanese YouTuber named Yudoran. I'm going to talk about my feelings on that in the next episode, but I just wanted to drop that here. I even hope O'Hara gives a listen. It might take me a few days, but y'all, that's the next thing I got coming to you after the chapter 10, 20 review. Thank you very much. Nico White, out.